went to slide number 57 in my notes, okay, so this, we went way down, but I, anyway, my heart is full this morning. Um, if I don't watch myself, I, I could sit here and just reminisce for, you know, 30, 45 minutes and, and um, not even tell you half of all the goodness of God over the past 23 years to us here um, at, uh, at Heritage. Um, let me just remind you, um, again, because of COVID year and all that last year, so um, let, let me remind you what the Lord spoke to us uh, on our 20th uh, anniversary. Um, I was just, I don't know, there's something about that 20-year mark. Um, when I was before the Lord, and it's, it's kind of like, I explained it this way uh, a few years back. It's kind of like I just had my head down in my lane for 20 years doing what the Lord had asked us to do. And it was kind of like we paused and, you know, kind of looked up for a minute, you know, and just kind of see where we are and see where we're headed. And and, and um, I asked the Lord, you know, what he would, you know, have to say to me and to all of us um, on that occasion, and I was expecting like a word of correction or a word of instruction, and and what the Lord spoke to me, I don't mean an audible voice, but but in, in my spirit, what he spoke to me was that the first 20 years were characterized by 20 years of planting, and that the next 20 years would be characterized by 20 years of harvesting. And so, uh, as Bruce Bazin reminds me often, this is harvest year three, amen? <laughs> and um, so, uh, get your faith up for that, amen, amen. And so, we, we, he said, don't stop sowing, but um, in the same way that the first 20 years were marked by, by planting, the next 20 um, would be marked by harvesting. And, and, of course, the Lord knew what was going to happen in 2020, um, but even... Despite that challenging uh, year, um, we, we had a great year here at Heritage, uh, and so uh, we are uh, incredibly thankful for that. The next thing I want to remind you of on this occasion of our uh, 23rd anniversary is why the Lord chose uh, the name Heritage Christian Center. When the Lord began to deal with Sister Pam and I about starting a church, and it was something that um, we did not rush into. As a matter of fact, the Lord was very gracious and merciful to us. Um, Heritage really was supposed to have been started in 1995, uh, three years prior to um, when we actually launched. I just was, I mean, I had my reasons, but I was, I was being reluctant, disobedient, scared, say scared. I was scared, just a lot of things that, that um, I was struggling with in my own life during that time. And um, the Lord has a way of bringing you back around, um, and uh, it's called full circle. We think of time as operating in, in a straight line. But time really operates uh, cyclically, and um, and so in '95 the time was right, um, but we said no. Um, but in '98 um, he brought us back around. Amen. We came all the way back around, and um, and so we said yes, and um, and so we had a lot of you know ideas about the name for the for the church, and the Lord specifically dropped into our hearts that. Um, this family of faith would be called heritage. Amen. And there were a couple of different reasons for that. Um, one, because of just um, my own heritage of faith in, in my family. 
um, from my mom and dad to me, from me to, to my children, from my children and Matt's children and Meredith's children to their children. But your heritage is what belongs to you because of who you are. Amen. Um, and the Bible says we're heirs of God and we're joint heirs um, with Jesus. And as joint heirs uh, of Jesus, we, we have a heritage, and it's, it's beyond anything that this world has to offer, or even, for that matter, understands. And so we began all those years ago endeavoring to teach people what belonged to them because of who they were. Um, but I realized early on that it was sailing over a lot of people's heads, and the Lord showed me then that before I could ever teach somebody what belonged to them because of who they were, they had to know who they were. Amen. And so that's really been a central theme for the last 23 years. Um, we, we talk early and often about our identity in Christ. To me, it's one of the most important things we can ever understand after we receive Jesus is who we actually became the day we became this new creation in Christ Jesus. And so um, we have been plugging away together uh, for the past 23 years. Um, the Lord spoke to us early on as well that that we were to um, partner with other ministries. Um, and specifically, he would lead us to uh, ministries that were reaching the unreached people of the world. Now, anything that's done, led, you know, spirit-led in the name of Jesus around the world, we're for and we believe in and agree with. But there are so many people on planet Earth who have never heard the name of Jesus a single time. And that is the main focus of our outreach and ministry efforts um, and together, I, I do not have a total. Maybe, you know, it's kind of one of those things. There were times when the Lord told David to count, and there were times when he told him not to count. Amen. And I've never really felt led to go back. We have, obviously, record of where every penny's gone over the past 23 years. But um, let's just say together we have sent a whole, whole, whole bunch of money um, around the world to, um, to reach a lot of folks. Um, we've built churches in Tanzania. Um, we've built them in Nairobi, and we've built them in Kisi in Africa, uh, in addition to um, helping the Odells and Pastor Sam and uh, Stephen Steinle uh, build churches in India, and we financed a whole lot of work in Pakistan and Honduras and different places, and so, uh, amen, absolutely, absolutely, praise God. And so, you know, these are things that we've done together that, that we could have never accomplished, you know, each, us individually working by ourselves, but um, together uh, the Lord is helping us and we're uh, making a mark on this world that cannot and will not be erased. And, um, you know, my, uh, I don't know what you call it, just insecurities, fears, whatever, and early on, you know, the Lord spoke to me and he said um, that a cry had come up before his throne for the kind of church that heritage would, would be. And that he was tapping people on the shoulder and he was sending them to us. Amen. And, uh, and he's done that. He's been very faithful. And some of my favorite stories to tell, and we don't have time to tell them all, is um, how the Lord uh, brought my life and your lives together. And um, how we found one another. And um, the Bible says that to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think is to think that you can do what you're on this earth to do. Uh, alone and do it by yourself um, we just simply cannot um, and so if God has a specific purpose for every person's life in this room and it's a purpose that cannot be fulfilled without working together with other people 
then that means the other people are specific as well. Think with me now. I know that I kind of sprung this on you, but let's, let's walk through it again very carefully, okay? You have a God-given destiny that you cannot fulfill unless you work together with other people. If the destiny is specific and it can't be fulfilled without other people, then the other people are not random. The other people are also specific. Jesus didn't say, give me 12 and any 12 will do. He handpicked the 12 because, again, they were specific men, not random men. Amen. And so in the same way, um, your purpose and your destiny, my purpose and my destiny, they intersect. The Bible says that God wrote every day of your life down in a book before you ever lived a single one. Now, we've written our own stories at times. Amen. Um, but he has a, a beautiful story that he wrote before you were ever formed in your mother's womb for you. And I've, I envision it this way in heaven, that there's a, there's a giant library there. And somewhere in that library, there's a book. And on the spine of that book is the name Mark Edward Winslet. And it's the book that my father wrote about my life. Amen. Before I ever lived a single day of it. Amen. And if you could somehow reach up there and pull that book off the shelf and start looking through it, many, 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 if not every one of your names would be somewhere in that book. In the same way that many of you would pull your book off that shelf and you would find my name in yours. Amen. You see, I believe that we were put in our mother's wombs looking for one another. Amen. And I'm so thankful. Please hear me. I am so thankful. You know, one of the sisters, first time that she's been in here and she said, she was, Pastor Mark, this is a beautiful place. I said, Sister, it's even more beautiful with you in it. Amen. Because this is just a building. Amen. Are you hearing me? It's a, it's a, it's a designated place. It's a, it's a place that we've designated and set aside for worship. We've had folks want to do secular concerts here. We'll pay you big money. No, you won't. Amen. Because not, that's not what this is for. It's not what this is about. But when it's all said and done, this is just concrete, metal, wood, and sheetrock. Are you hearing me? You guys, y'all are the church. Amen. You're the temple. You're where God abides and where he dwells. Amen. And so I am so thankful for you. I, I, am, I am so uh, grateful. The Lord spoke something to me in the middle of this self-image study that we're on. That has it's changed me. It's, it's part of my morning confessions now. He told me very clearly, because I've, I've, I'm sadly and I, I apologize and I repent, but he told me, he said, do not allow all the people who've rejected you to keep you from reaching the people who want you and need you. Amen. And so, amen. See, we, praise God. And so it's just such a, a beautiful thing that, that the Lord is doing and, and has done and continues to do. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to be sad because they're not in our past anymore only. They're in our future. But I, I also look back at, at um, you know, I have, I mean, whatever. I don't want you to think I'm goofy or something. But um, like, for instance, uh, Bucky, I have Brother Bucky's last uh, voicemail he left me on my phone, just every now and then, I, he called me, wished me Merry Christmas, you know, of course, we had no idea he'd be going home to see Jesus in just a few weeks, you know, from that Christmas, and uh, he wanted me to tell my mother that he shaved his beard, because she always kidded him about that big old beard that he had, and and, um, and just to hear his voice, you know, and, and uh, man, there's hardly a, a week goes by that I don't think about my precious Hiawatha Sheffield, and if I start naming names, I, you know, I, I'll leave, you know, 15 or 20 off that, that Again, folks that have been with us, they, they, they beat us home. Amen. And, um, but they're on the other side waiting for us. Amen. And it's, it's just, again, it's just a, a beautiful thing how um, 
our lives have been enriched um, by one another. Amen. And, um, and the best is yet to come. That's, that's the other thing because our Father always saves the best for last. And we're not just talking about heaven. We're talking about the best days that we've known as a family of faith are not behind us. They're ahead of us. Our most effective days, our most productive days, our most prosperous days. My friend, there are days of glory ahead for us. Praise God. And, um, and I'm excited and I'm glad that you're a part of it. I, I'll never, I made, a, I made a commitment to the Lord because I've experienced leaders in, 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 in the church that, that try to manipulate people emotionally and, and they use even shame and guilt and, and things like that to, to try to um, secure people's loyalty. And, and I just made a commitment to the Lord that, that I would never do that. And I don't want you to think, please hear me, I, I don't want you to think that, that what I'm about to say has anything to do uh, with that. This is not about emotional manipulation. But, but the Lord told me, uh, and, and I, again, I don't know what all it means, but I do know when I hear his voice. And he told me in a time where um, we had had about 80 people leave the church, and, and it, was, it was painful. I mean, it, it was very painful. And I was just talking to him about it because that's all I knew to do was just to talk to the Lord about it. Because and, and what you have to watch when things wound you is that the enemy will try to take advantage of that. And um, and I didn't want to I didn't want a wrong spirit in me I didn't I didn't want a bitterness or, or anything like that in me and so I was just talking to him about it and this is what he told me he said I got he said I got something very very special in store for those who stay with you and I said all right Lord Amen and so I don't I don't know what that means but I just know if the Lord says it's very very special Amen it's very special Praise God. And so I'm excited, I, 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 just the future and what the Lord has prepared for us, even as, um, as we come, because our confession from day one was that we would come out the other side of COVID stronger than we were before it started. And only God can do that. Only, only God can do that. Amen. And that's where our confidence and our, and our faith lies this morning, is in Him and in His ability. Amen. All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse... 22 and 23 and 24 and let me just read a few verses here and then I'll try to weave them into what we're talking about uh, in the next few minutes it says for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God now, he's talking about these two groups, these two categories of people. And if you remember, the Jewish people in Jesus' day, especially the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees in particular, they, they were constantly asking Jesus for a sign. And, and what they meant by a sign is, is they're talking about a display of power. They were wanting Jesus to perform some miracle for them. And, and, and they kept saying, you know, basically, um, if you are who you say you are, then prove it by doing a miracle. Well, the only problem with that is Jesus was doing miracles all over the place. I mean, John said at the end of his gospel that if every miracle Jesus performed had been written in a book, there wouldn't be room enough to contain the volumes. We know there were times, uh, you know, crowds of thousands and thousands of people, and the Bible says that Jesus healed every sick person that was there, set free every person that was either possessed or oppressed by, by demons, 
Um, and so there were thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of miracles that Jesus performed. But notice, if, if, if all you're looking for is a sign, it doesn't matter how many signs, amen, <laughs> there are, it's not enough, amen, to convince you. Are you, are you following me? In other words, it's, it's like people today who, who question or doubt God um, without ever even considering all the things you know, that God has done for them um, in their life. And so he said the Jews are looking for some display of power, uh, some sign, and the Greeks are seeking after wisdom. In other words, they, they believed that the pathway to enlightenment and the pathway to the life that God created us to live was through gaining uh, knowledge. But Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. And to the Jews, he's a stumbling block. In other words, they kept tripping over Jesus, right? He says, and to the Greeks, it's foolishness. It, it makes no sense to them. But to those who were called, amen. Now, the called out ones, the ecclesia, the church, amen. When, when you see that word church in the scriptures in the New Testament, it's the Greek word ecclesia, and it literally means the ones called out. So when he says, <clears throat> but those who were called, he's talking about you and me. He's talking about those who have been born again. He says, to those who were called, Jews or Greeks, or Jews and Greeks, he says, we preach Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. Now, let me just go ahead and make it plain this morning. We need the power of God and we need the wisdom of God. We don't need one without the other. We need both. We need God's wisdom working in our lives and we need God's power working in our lives. Now, we've been making a statement here at Heritage for, I don't know, the past I'm just going to say two weeks, maybe a little longer than that. And that is that we're expecting more than what we can produce on our own. We're, ex we're expecting more than what we're capable of doing ourselves. Come on now, let's, let's think about that for a moment. Because I think the enemy is, is wanting us to come to a place to where all we expect is what we can do. All, all we can expect is, is, is how far we can take a project or how, how far our money will go or how far... Are you following me? Amen. Well, we were never meant to live with that kind of limitation. And so my expectations for this morning are more than what I can produce myself. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm, I'm expecting God to do things in this room that I cannot do without Him, that, that cannot be accomplished apart from His wisdom and His power working in our lives. Now, we're not going to read everything between here and there, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 5, so if you skip down, I don't know, several verses, he says this, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God of God. Amen. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So when we talk about being limited to what we can produce ourselves, what we're really talking about here is man's wisdom. 
Because remember, wisdom differs from understanding and knowledge in the sense that wisdom is taking knowledge that has developed into understanding, but wisdom is the ability to take that knowledge and understanding and apply it in a practical way to experience some result in your life. So anytime you hear the word wisdom, I want the Holy Spirit to help you, and I want you to immediately think of results. Wisdom is about results. Wisdom is about results. Wisdom equals results. Amen. And so when we talk about man's wisdom, we're talking about any result that man can produce from what man has learned and what man knows. Okay? But remember, God's wisdom is higher than man's wisdom. We have, as the offspring of God, we have access to an otherworldly wisdom. We have access to the wisdom of God. And if we have the wisdom of God operating in our lives, then the wisdom of God will produce God's results in our lives. One of the simple things the Lord spoke to us, on a, it, it was leading up to that first Sunday in June 1998. And very simple instructions. And it was to do God's thing, to do it God's way, and to expect God's results. God's thing, God's way, God's results. And he began to show us some very specific things. Um, and again, if, if, if you were raised differently from this, I'm not trying to offend you, but like water baptism, he took me to that. Um, water baptism is God's thing, but there are a lot of people uh, in, in modern day who, who want to do baptism their way instead of God's way. God's way is under the water and up out of the water, okay? So if you do God's thing and if you do it God's way, you can expect God's result. But if you take God's thing and do it your own way, you, you see the difference there, right? And so he began to show us some very specific things about money, about giving, um, because again, giving and, and paying tithes, all of those are God's thing, okay? But a lot of times men try to get involved. For instance, did you know the Bible says you should never give because you've committed or obligated yourself to give? That's in the New Testament. Amen. Um, and, and so to me, there, there went pledge cards. There went thermometers and getting people... Am I the only one that was raised in church that committed in, in, in you know, being emotionally uh, manipulated in the, in the moment I committed myself to give a certain amount over a certain period of time and all this other stuff? That's not, that's not God's way. Giving is God's thing, but giving that way is, is man's way. That's not God's way. Amen. Are you following me? So God's thing, God's way, God's result. How about praise and worship? See, there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, I just worship God in my own way. Who do you think you are? Amen. You know, worship and praise is God's thing. And the Word of God tells us God's way, what's acceptable to Him. Clapping, shouting, singing, playing skillfully on the instruments, dancing. I was surprised nobody ran a lap this morning. Maybe I should have took off first. Amen. Um, so again, notice God's thing, God's way. Now we're in a position to believe God for His results to, to be developed and, and to be produced um, in a situation. And so if there's been a, a, a simple approach to what we've tried to do over the I'm not saying we've got it right every time, but that's been our heart. That's been our heart. Amen. My dad, um, in, in his quiet, confident way, um, that Saturday night before our first service in the cabinet shop, he put his hand 
on my shoulder. I'll never forget it, Dad. A thousand years from now, I'll still remember this. He put his hand on my shoulder, and he looked at me with, with glassy eyes, and he said, Son, he said, we have a rare opportunity to do it right from the very beginning. Amen. And I'll never forget that. I thought, wow, you know. We have a rare opportunity to do it right from the very beginning. And that just played right into what the Lord was already speaking to me about God's thing, God's way, and God's results. But now notice, amen, notice what he's saying here. He, he says, I didn't, he, he, the verses above this, he says, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. Um, Paul was a very educated man, highly, highly educated man. He spoke multiple languages. He, he was uh, a star student in 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 what would have been the Harvard of his day in, in, in the Jewish religion. And, and yet, he said to them, I, I didn't come to you trying to persuade you with fancy words. He said, but I came to you in demonstration and in power of God's Spirit so that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. I want you to, I want you to say something with me this morning. Say this after me. I believe... In the, power of God. in the power of God. I believe, I believe in, the power of God. in the power of God. My faith, My faith is in the power, of God. in the power of God. Amen. See, see, that's why we can expect more than what we can produce on our own. This is why we can, can trust God and expect uh, more results in our lives than, than we can ever earn or pay for or deserve. Amen. Because we're not limited to our own ability. We're not limited to our own power. We're not limited to the wisdom of men. We're not limited to what man knows. Come on now. I'm not limited by what man knows. My only limit is what God knows. Amen. Amen. Now, let me go back up to the top. And um, I'll say a few things and we'll do communion and we'll go celebrate. Amen. I want these words, I want these words to, to settle in your spirit this morning, okay? We were created to live on a level we cannot get to on our own. We were created to live on a level we cannot get to on our own. I have this slide at the end of this list. And I added to it, and we know it. See, th th this is where so much frustration comes into play in people's lives. There are, there are people in this room this morning, you live with, with an underlying anger, and you don't really understand why. It's because of the frustration that you're experiencing in your life. You were created to live on a level you can't get to on your own, and you know that you were created for more than what you're experiencing right now. You know that you were created for a higher quality of life than what you're experiencing right now. We know it. Amen. But listen, we, we can't get there on our own. It, it doesn't mean we can't get there. It's just that we can't get there on our own. Let me, let me just keep going through the list here. We were created to have things no amount of money, work, or sacrifice can earn. We were created to have things no amount of money, work, or sacrifice can earn. We were created to become something we can never make ourselves. We were created to become something we can never make ourselves. 
We were created to experience emotions we cannot generate on our own. You were created to have the joy of the Lord Himself in your life. Think about that for a moment. You're hardwired. You have the capacity in your being right now to experience and enjoy emotions that you do not have the ability to generate. For the peace of God that passes all understanding. We're talking about levels of peace now. Think about this. We're talking about levels of calmness and confidence and peace in the midst of the most violent storms that you can imagine going on around you. It's because we're talking about peace now that that you're not generating. We're talking about peace, the same peace that God enjoys on the throne of the universe. He created you. He hardwired you to have that same peace operating in your life. You were created to have it, but you can't generate it. You have to get it from Him. We were created to know things we cannot learn from our own efforts. It's called revelation. Where it doesn't come from the outside of you into you. It comes from the inside of you out of you. Not only were we created to know these things, our victory in life is dependent upon us knowing these things. Our success in life, the fulfillment of our destiny, living on this level that we were created to live on that we can't get to on our own, it requires us knowing things that we can't learn from our own efforts. We were created to do things we, can't, we cannot do alone. How about this? We were created to see things beyond the ability of our natural eyes. Eyes to see. Ears to hear. Hearts to understand. How many times did Jesus pray it? How many times did Jesus say it? told those closest to him he said lift up your heads and look don't you see they're like sheep with no shepherd don't you see they're white in the harvest don't you see that they're ripe for the picking for my father's glory those 12 men standing there with Jesus they saw the exact same people Jesus saw but they didn't see him the way Jesus saw him We were created to see things beyond the ability of our natural eyes. We were created with potential we will never tap into apart from faith in God. We were created to live on a level we cannot get to on our own. And we know it. We know it. We know it. Come on, singers, musicians. That's why we believe in the power of God. Amen? Our faith is in the power of God. Are you hearing me? One of the things that the Lord said to us all those many years ago, 
He said, I don't want heritage built on programs. I want it built on my presence. Don't want people crowding that place because you've got a lot of cool programs. I want them coming because they experience me and they're there because of me, because of not me, because of him, not Mark Winslow, because of God Almighty. So I want them to come for my presence, not your programs. I want them to come for my presence, not your programs. I'm like, well, Lord, people are kind of into programs. Right? People like programs. Yeah. But programs have a tendency to be a form of godliness and deny the power of God. Amen? Because wherever the presence of God is, that's where the power of God is. And the power of God can do in a split second what man's programs can never accomplish. Amen. Amen. Father, as we come before you once again this morning to partake of the Lord's Supper, to partake of this simple meal that Jesus instructed us to partake of. We do so humbly before you, sir. And we do so recognizing that you created us to live on a level we cannot get to. Our own ability, our own wisdom, our own power. So, Father, we reach out to you now for your wisdom. Our faith is in your power to do what we cannot do, to carry us where we cannot go alone, to show us what we'll never learn, to, to, to help us receive, Father, what we could never earn, to tap into the potential for greatness that's within every person in this room, to make a difference. Lord, a meaningful life, a meaningful life, Father. We can't have it without you. So we surrender ourselves to you this morning. We surrender ourselves before you this morning. Forgive us, Father, for trying to clean the outside of the cup that is our lives so that we put our best face forward, Lord, and never deal with the residue from the past that's stuck on the inside. Father, only your power can cleanse us on the inside. Only your power can purify us inwardly so that we can genuinely be clean outwardly. Come do what only you can do among us, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Stand with me this morning. 
I know most of you have done this so many times now you've, you've figured it out, but there's a clear tab on the top. If you'll pull it back first, it'll release the wafer. Amen. We were talking about this before service this morning, how not a lot of taste of this, but that's, we're going to get to this in our, in our series, but Jesus said, beware of the leaven, the unleavened bread. If you don't understand leaven, leaven in, in grape juice or in bread um, causes corruption, and the corruption is what causes the bread to rise and the alcohols to be formed in, in the juice, okay? And Jesus talked about the leaven that's in us. That you follow me, amen. And so it, it, was, it was not supposed to be like a yeast roll with butter. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. And so, Father, we take this bread with no yeast, this bread with no corruption because it represents a Savior, who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. It represents a body that was broken for us that did not deserve to be broken. A perfect Savior, our beautiful Savior, in whom there was no deception, in whom there was no evil, in whom there was no darkness. No darkness ever has been, ever will be in Him. And so, Father, we thank you that because his body was broken, our bodies individually can be made whole and well this morning. But also, Father, his body was broken so that the body of Christ, the body that we're all members of this morning, Lord, could be formed. So, Father, as we partake this morning, we do so in the name of Jesus. We do so in remembrance of him and the sacrifice that he made and the price that he paid for us. Amen. Let's partake of the bread together. Now, Father, we take the cup, Lord, that represents the blood that was shed for the removal of our sins. It wasn't like the blood of the animals that were sacrificed in the Old Testament that only covered over sin. The blood of Jesus, Father, it has taken our sin away. It has removed it, removed it Lord, to never separate us from you again. And so I thank you, Father, for this precious blood. And Father, I thank you this morning for this opportunity to obey what were some of Jesus' last instructions, Lord, that we partake of this meal and that we do so in remembrance of him. We do, we do so, Father, carefully remembering, carefully considering the sacrifice that he made, the price that he paid, but Father, also to consider what it means to us both now and forevermore. So, Father, as we partake of this together in obedience, we believe, Father, that this simple act of faith will release the power of God in our bodies to heal, to cleanse, to purify. Father, to set free, to deliver, to root out of us, Lord, things that need to be rooted out of us that only the power of God can remove. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's partake together.
Bible says that before they were dismissed that they sang together, and so we're going to do that this morning. If you'd like someone to pray with you, these altars are open.